All right, I don't want to block those beautiful faces, so uh, we uh, just want to encourage you. It's a little update from Bod Church in Romania about a youth weekend they had this weekend. Uh, it's uh, an annual event that they have, and one of the, a part of this event is to reward the kids for their faithfulness throughout the year and for their coming to the programs, inviting other kids. And so that was a celebration of uh, a year of, of their ministry with uh, teenagers and the youth there. So uh, just continue to pray for Pastor Soran, Donna, uh, all those who participate, the youth who lead most of those ministries that you're seeing on the screen, are led by their youth in the church. Those kids grew up going to church there, and they were discipled and trained there, and now they're on the other side of that, and they're actually doing the ministry. So we're so thankful to see the growth there, uh, not only numerically, but certainly spiritually. And it's a blessing to uh, be a part and join together with them and helping uh, what's going on there. And so excited about that and be able to show you that. Uh, you saw also some photos of our extravaganza. I want to thank Mike and Ashley Garrison for their hard work and everybody. We had a lot of folks serving in that and helping, especially the parents who brought their kids and celebration they had. So we're so very thankful when you see Mike and Ashley. Uh, please encourage them and let them know that you appreciate what they're doing with our children. So very thankful for that. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles. And by the way, thank you, musicians. That's some amazing music and, and worship time together. So we appreciate that so, so very much. Uh, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles. First Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to share with you a, a message this morning that I think sometimes we need to uh, maybe take a moment and examine things. You guys ever feel that way to uh, look at where things are in our life? Uh, sometimes life can get mundane. Uh, it can get we can get stuck in a rut. Now, I'm not talking about not being busy. We can be stuck in a rut and be covered up with things. As a matter of fact, some of the reasons we get in those ruts is because we are covered up. Uh, so I'm not talking about activity or busyness, but what I'm talking about is that sometimes in life we get to the places where we need to be challenged again. I mean, let's face it, we are just kind of stuck uh, spiritually sometimes, the same thing. Uh, we need to be pulled out of our, our spiritual rut. We go through the motions, we do the right things, we come to church, we read the Bible, we pray, we do all those things. But yet, even in our spiritual life, even in that consistency, sometimes we need a challenge. And so at the end of this letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he issues this a great challenge for them on uh, how to spend the rest of their life as believers. We uh, do well when we remind ourselves of these same kind of things. And so as we begin to consider a few verses in 1 Thessalonians 5, I want us to think about a life challenge. That what, the, what he's appealing to should be a lifelong pursuit by you and I as believers. We ought to be compelled by what he's saying. Paul uses some powerful terms when he describes this challenge. And, and he, he puts it before the believers in, in the closing of this letter. And he says some uh, very dynamic things to them in the way of a challenge. He uses... You, you know, uh, we have to be careful sometimes about uh, using certain verbiage when we're, when we're talking to each other. Sometimes we communicate wrong things. It's like, you know, some, as husbands and wives or spouses, you know, sometimes we use the church, well, you, you never do this. Well, 
Is that really, that word never a good choice? <laughs> because in all likelihood, they probably have some time. Maybe you don't always do this <laughs> might be a better phrase. And, and so we have to be careful about using those extreme kind of conclusions. But yet Paul does that because it's important. Some of the things he said, he says always. Uh, or he, he uses without ceasing. That's kind of extreme, isn't it? He, he uses in this passage that we're going to look at, he talks about in everything, do not quench or do not uh, despise those things. Uh, and so these are kind of words that challenge us in extremes in our life. And I think as believers, that's where we need to be. Because if not, instead of living in, in the extreme, we'll, we'll find ourselves somewhere stuck in the middle. Not, not really fully experiencing everything God wants us to, but maybe not living the worst kind of spiritual life either. And, and really, is that really where we want to be as believers? Is that really where you want to be as a believer? Is somewhere stuck in that middle part? Or do you really want to be on the edge where Christ is, is really working in life? Uh, Paul challenges these believers. Uh, you, you know, it, it's, it's in the sense of, of each one of these statements that we're going to read that he makes is really in the Greek. It's, it's, not, it's in the form of command. Paul's not suggesting. It's not things that you should do, but it's really things that you, we must do that he's talking about. Listen to what he says, beginning at verse 16. We're just going to read through verse 22 uh, and come back and look at these things. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things and hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Bow with me and let's pray this morning. Father God, thank you for your amazing love and Father for your amazing grace. Lord, I pray this morning that as we've come together to worship you and to praise you. Now it's the time in your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll prepare our hearts. That, that you'll make preparation in our hearts to be able to receive your word this morning. That this word would fall on good soil that's been prepared by your Holy Spirit. Father, we know that we have an enemy who'd come along and who'd want to pick up this seed before it takes root. Uh, Lord, we just pray that we, uh, that we experience your working in our lives this morning. That we sense the ministry of your spirit as you teach us these things in your word today. Uh, Father, we give this time over into your hands completely. Pray, God, that any distraction or anything that would compete against our thoughts and our focus on you this morning, that, Lord, you would just take away and help us to focus on you. And Father, I pray and ask this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, several things that I think Paul reminds us of uh, about a life that's challenged or living a a life that's being challenged by the Lord Jesus Christ uh, are, are certainly fundamental for all of us as believers. But the first one of these things that I want you to see with me is one thing that we must, uh, that we have to do, is we have to be developing a worshiping life. In other words, as believers, we have to be growing uh, in 
that capacity to be able to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he says in, in, in verse 16, uh, he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul's getting at some fundamental things about worship. Uh, one of those things that he's really getting at is in developing a worshiping life is, is that it, it's, it's characterized, it's a positive life, isn't it? I, I mean, wor- worship is, is always uplifting. That when you and I are worshiping God or when we're uh, f- uh, fixed our heart on Him to give Him praise and glory, it's always an uplifting thing. Uh, you, you notice in many of the Psalms, the Psalmist, he's, he's writing and he's lamenting the things that's going on in his life. It kind of starts out as, Lord, my enemies are against me. Everyone wants to destroy me. Uh, the whole world's coming against me. And so he laments through these things that ha- that's happening in his life. A- and then somewhere in those Psalms, he, he fixes on God. A- and then all of a sudden, the whole story begins to change. Because now he's focused on the Lord of hosts, the, the, the great God, the God of creation. And, and immediately in, in those Psalms, you see him going from lamentation to celebration. And, and the difference is, is that now he's, he's lifted his thoughts and his ascent, his heart up to God, and he's focused on God. And so now it's an uplifting kind of thing. It's a positive thing. Now, when I'm talking about a positive life, I'm not talking about the power of some kind of personal positivity where we just kind of by our own will decide that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a great day today. <laughs> Doesn't always work, does it? What I'm talking about is a life that's fixed on worshiping God will always manifest itself in a positive way. It'll lift you up. It'll give you hope. Paul says, rejoice always. Rejoice always. You know, the word rejoice is from the root word in the Greek language of, the, of another word that we translate as grace. So rejoice and grace are akin to each other. And rejoicing and grace are akin in the sense that that we rejoice because of God's grace or in light of God's grace. So, so they're kind of connected to each other. Rejoicing is a response to God's grace in our life. And, and so it becomes a thing that, that lifts us up. Someone defined this, this idea of rejoicing always like this. They said it's always enjoying your condition or your state. In other words, no, no matter what's happening around us, that sense of rejoicing always is taking place because in spite of the circumstances, we're not, a fixed, we're not fixed on those, but we're fixed on, on the God of heaven. It's like those disciples, you remember when they were crossing over the Sea of Galilee? And, and all of a sudden, Jesus was there and he's taking a nap inside the boat and this storm came and... It began to rage and waters began to sweep over the edge to the very point where the disciples thought, hey, we're going to sink. And they basically went over to Jesus and said, hey, what's wrong with you, Lord? You know, wake up. Wake up. You see, Jesus was rejoicing because he was fixed on 
on his father. And once he assured, reassured the disciples that, hey, listen, don't worry, peace be still, then all of a sudden now they kind of caught into that kind of worship as well. Paul said it like this. He says, for I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. Where does that contentment come from? We know Paul's story, his journey. It's a journey marked not only by joys and victories, but also by persecution and suffering. Where is he, where does, where's he coming from when he says, in whatsoever state I'm in? It's because his heart is affixed on the God of heaven that he rejoices in, that he receives that grace from. <laughs> you know, the word always just literally means at all times and all occasions that Paul uses here. It's to be able to rejoice always even when it's difficult. We have to frequently, if we're going to rejoice always, to be ready to count our blessings and name them one by one. It's that idea of focusing on God. It's getting perspective, isn't it? Sure, things might be a little bit difficult. Or we may be struggling or we may know someone else. But it's really in that struggle getting perspective on what's going on. It's remembering those blessings. It's remembering that, hey, you know what? I may be struggling a little bit now, but guess what? I'm saved from destruction. I mean, in Jesus Christ, I have forgiveness for my sins. That by His blood, my sins are washed away. It's remembering that I've been given new life. One of the most impactful truths that I can remember when I was first saved is, is the first time I remember reading 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. For the first time in my life, it dawned on me that I, I was given a brand new beginning in Jesus Christ. And over a course of years, I realized that that brand new beginning could begin every single day. It was new life every day in Christ Jesus. What a blessing. It's, it's remembering that we have the power to live victorious in this life. Because of the Spirit of God who lives in us. What a blessing, right? It, it's, it's also being loved unconditionally and that same love is everlasting. It, it's, it's knowing that God loves us no matter what, and He'll always love us no matter what. You know, puts things in perspective, doesn't it? It's also understanding that I have a home in heaven because Jesus Christ is preparing that for me. And if I have a home in heaven, it puts things on earth in perspective. It's knowing that one day I'll be in heaven with Him. That I'll have a new body that puts perspective on the suffering that we go through in this body. Right? And so all these things help us to realize that 
when we're worshiping God, it's really, it's, it's really a positive thing. It's an uplifting thing. Paul says, rejoice always. Always rejoice. Well, another thing about developing a, a worshiping life is not only is it, is it a positive life, but also if you look at verse 17, it's a prayerful life. He says, pray without ceasing. Uh, prayer, prayer is, you know, prayers is having that conversation with God, isn't it? It, it, it's a continual conversation. You're thinking, well, how can I, can I have this, this conversation all the time with God without that conversation stopping? How many of you can still do your job and talk on your cell phone? I mean, even drive down the road and have a conversation with somebody. It's possible to have an ongoing conversation, by the way, and do some other things. It's possible to be in that state of conversation with God no matter where we are or what we're doing. You see, prayer is, is, is having that conversation. It's speaking to Him, isn't it? In conversation. When I think about speaking to God in a conversation, one of the, one of the verses of Scripture that reminds me so much of that kind of conversation is what Peter says. He says, casting all your cares on Him. For he cares for you. It's that conversation that we have with God. And when, when we come to him and we say, Father, uh, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about my kids. I'm, I'm worried about what they're going through right now. I'm worried about some of the decisions that they're making. Father, I, I'm, I'm worried about... I'm worried about my friends. I'm concerned for their life. Father, I know several people that aren't Christians. I'm worried about their eternal life. It's that conversation that we have with God, isn't it? Where we, we just take those burdens. Lord, I'm worried about my health. Whatever it is. And, and we bring those to God in conversation. You know, the Bible talks about sharing each other's burdens and in doing so we, we fulfill the law of Christ. Now listen, I believe that law of Christ is love. And and when we when we help share each other's burdens, we're loving each other. When you and I have that ongoing conversation with God and we're casting our cares on him, you know what? He's loving us. He's loving us. And so we have those kind of conversations with him. Sometimes that conversation can take the form not just in casting cares, but it can come in the form of appreciation. Uh, I, I'm so thankful, Lord, for <laughs> helping my kids. <laughs> I, I'm so, I appreciate so much your kindness toward me. And that conversation can go on. Not, not only that conversation does it is it speaking to him? But sometimes it, it is literally asking him. It's another form of prayer, isn't it? We ask for other people. We ask for, each, for ourselves. But sometimes it's, it's asking him. It's asking him for, for mercy. Uh, Lord, remember that repentant prayer? Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's, it's asking him, Lord, how about, how about some grace for this time that I'm in? 
How about that measure of grace that I need to, to get through this time? Wasn't that what Paul wound up hearing from God? Paul was asking God, Lord, I need some relief. He said, take this thorn from me. I need some relief. And God says, you know, Paul, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you grace that's sufficient for your need. And God certainly did that in Paul's life. It's that conversation that we have with him also where where, where we ask him for wisdom or courage or help or resources or comfort. Doesn't matter what it is. It's, It's those things that we need. The psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes into the hills whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. The psalmist said, I'm going to lift my eyes up to the Lord. From, and that's where my help comes from. Where does my help come from, he says? My help comes from the Lord. And so we ask him for those things. And, and we, we have this prayerful life that, that is, is an act of worship. Prayer is, is extreme worship. Some of the most extreme times that we'll have in our experience with God is, is in times of prayer. It's when we're broken, when we're humbled, when we're at the end of ourselves, when we get to the place where, uh, where we begin to look up and not around, then all of a sudden it, it comes out, it bursts forth in prayer. In prayer. So we have, a, we have a prayer life, and that's a worshipful life. Another thing that we have also in this worshipful life it's, if you look at verse 18, it's, it's a praising life. That's what it's characterized by praise. That, that we give God glory. He says, in everything, give thanks. Uh, he qualifies that, doesn't he? It's easy to praise God, isn't it? When everything's going really well. I, I mean, when our, when our bank accounts are full, when those stimulus checks come in. And they get deposited in our, our account. And we go online, we check our account. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Praise you. Praise the Lord. You know, hallelujah. Um, but what about when it's, when it's empty? Uh, it, it's real easy to praise the Lord, isn't it? When, when, our, when we're feeling good. Our health's good. Or I'm feeling good. But what about when we're not? Is it, is it easy to praise Him? It's easy to praise Him when our families are doing well. As a parent, a grandparent, I'm excited when my kids are doing well, my grandkids. But what about when they're not? What about when they're struggling? Is it as easy to praise the Lord? Job kind of summed it up like this, and he said, Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall not accept adversity? Job says, it is, a right, is, it, is it right for us? You know, Lord, thank you for all the good. And then when a little bit of difficulty comes in, we just forget about Him? Or we fail to praise Him? Or to give Him glory when adversity comes? Are we at the same mindset toward God as we are when it's not knocking on our door? I don't know. Well, in everything, give thanks. Paul says maybe we should be. You see, how do we handle that? Peter talked about a faith being tested and purified by fire that it comes out on the other side like gold and silver. 
James talks about when we face various trials and things like that, that these trials produce in us things that are good for us. It produces maturity and growth. And so if we're going to give thanks in everything, we have to see past the present pain. And we have to understand what, what that suffering's producing. The only way that we're going to wrap our, our minds around, around that kind of suffering in our lives is to know that God is working in that suffering to make us trust Him more, to give us an opportunity to believe on Him more. And so it's, it's a need that we have to praise Him. Paul reminds us of that very thing, to be thankful in everything. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be thankful sometimes in those struggles. But yet we can look past that and be thankful for what's going to happen. Or what it's going to produce in our lives. And how we're going to be changed through that. Paul emphasizes developing this life of worship. It's a challenge, isn't it? I mean, can I really worship God all the time? Can I really worship Him in all my circumstances? Can, can I really worship Him with all my heart? That's a real issue, isn't it? And so he challenges you and I today as believers to develop that worshipful life. That, that ability to be able to glorify Him no matter what. And to be able to praise Him. Because as we do that, He lifts us up. You see, he qualifies verse also, verse, uh, verse 16, 17, and 18 at the end. He says, no, listen, here's why we ought to rejoice always. Here's why we should pray without ceasing. Here's why we ought to give thanks in everything. He says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's what God is, has purposed for us. To do that very thing. To live a worshipful life for His glory. Pray with me if you would this morning. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful to you today and so grateful that you are our amazing Savior. Lord, when we think about being stuck somewhere in life. One of those things that can really lift us out of, out of that sameness is to worship you. It can bring us, Lord, to the place, the extent of joy to be able to cope with the struggles that we have in life today. Lord Jesus, when we fix our minds and our hearts on you, that there's nothing about this earth that can hold us down. And we thank you for that. Lord, I, I pray this morning that you'll help us to grow in our understanding, in our desire, 
in our ability to worship you that we just fix our priorities on that very thing of worshiping you. And Lord, I pray and I ask you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you this morning as we ready to close. If you'd stand together, please. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we all from time to time love to, love to be challenged. Uh, this is one that can have a great impact on our life is the level or our capacity to worship God. You, you see, I've really come to understand that the greater and the more we invest in our worship of God, the more benefits we reap in life. Uh, the more secure we feel in our relationship with Christ, the more, uh, the more opportunity He has to change us and to make a difference in our life today. So maybe you're here this morning and you're up for a good challenge. You say, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take that challenge. I'm really at a place where I need I need that challenge to deepen my worship life, my focus on you. Uh, that's a great decision to make this morning. We're going to sing a few verses of invitation. You may be here today, and for the very first time, uh, there's this desire in your heart to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You know, the Bible says that He loved us so much that He demonstrated that love that in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we're all beginning at the same place lost, separated from God because of our sin and then believing in Him and through that faith in Jesus Christ coming into a relationship with Him having a new life a new start because we're believing in Jesus Christ as our Savior maybe that's a decision you want to make this morning as well to to come trust Him as your Savior I'll be here uh, available love to pray with you or share with you a few verses of scripture how you can know Jesus Christ as your savior uh, whatever decision you might want to make listen uh, this altar is a great place to meet with God but it's certainly not the only place right where you are where you're standing now you can speak in your heart to the Lord and tell him what's there cast those cares on him this morning we're going to sing these verses of invitation and if you feel led come if not then pray where you are